The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red western corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. What the heck has been happening with you over the last couple of months? I'm really excited to be back here hosting the Treehouse of Liberty podcast again. I am your host, Jason Fornwalt, and it's been way too long of a break, man. I've missed you guys, and I've missed doing the show. Um, just to give you an idea of why I did stop the show for a while, um, I'm sure you've all noticed the political discourse in this country leaves a heck of a lot to be desired at this point. Um, with the accusations that are going back and forth both ways, um, the way our officials are being treated on both sides, the total mockery of this situation that our media has managed to make, I just felt like I was adding to uh, the negative discourse that was out there, and it got to the point where it's really kind of starting to weigh on me a little bit and uh, and wear on me, uh, and I just felt like I needed to take a little break kind of step back and uh, collect myself and, um, you know, take a deep breath and try to approach things a little bit differently than what I have in the past. Uh, the break ended up being a, a good bit longer than what I expected. I thought I'd be able to take a week or two off, you know, maybe three and uh, come back and, and do the show and, you know, get back into the swing of things. And that just wasn't the case. You know, I, I felt like I needed a more extended break to kind of reset myself and uh, reset the tone of the show. Uh, so for those of you that have been with me before, thank you so much for giving me another chance for sticking with me and uh, coming back to check out things this week. I certainly do appreciate that. Um, and if you're new here, what an honor it is to have you aboard. I really do appreciate every single listener that I get. You know, if only one person listens to the show and, uh, they get something out of it, then as far as I'm concerned, it's been a success. You know, I'm not one of those people that needs a million listeners or anything like that. You know, if I can make just a little bit of a difference in the way somebody looks at things, I'm a, I'm a happy camper. I really am. Uh, some of the things that I've done since we've talked last, uh, I've made an effort to get back into running, which is something that I absolutely love to do. And it's one of those things that kind of allows me to clear my head and hit that reset button uh, that I felt like I needed to hit while I was off. Um, I actually placed second in my age group in a local run that uh, we did here. And yes, there were more than two of us running. Thanks for asking. Um, I also, also finished a 100K challenge, uh, which only took me two weeks to do when I had planned on four. Um, ended up doing a lot more long runs than I expected to. You know, 100K is 62 miles which is pretty significant for a guy that's 45 years old and uh, on the heavy side. Uh, and especially to finish that, you know, with a 16-miler at the end. I mean, that was just freaking awesome. I mean, a 16-mile finale for me was the longest distance I had run since I was in my 20s. So I was really happy with that. And I feel like I'm really coming a long way with that stuff. Um, I've always liked to draw, too. I'm not any good at it, <laughs> but I have kind of gotten back into that a little bit, doing uh, some YouTube tutorials and stuff like that, just pencil drawings, um, trying to do that stuff, trying to do a little bit of stuff on my own, too. And uh, I, I bought myself a keyboard. I hadn't had one for a long time. I've, I've played the piano since I was five years old and um, hadn't really had a chance to create in that way. And so that's been another good outlet for me as far as getting refocused and getting re-energized and being able to approach things from a different angle. Um, as far as things that do suck, though, uh, I would definitely put my Pirates and my Redskins on that list. 
the Pirates were <laughs> eliminated from the playoffs nice and early, so I didn't have to get my hopes up. Really appreciate that, guys. Uh, <laughs> it's been it's been really tough to be a Pirates fan since about 1991. You know, they set the record for uh, the all-time longest losing streak in North American pro sports history at 21 games, which they broke back in, I think it was 2012. They finally managed to put a winning season together. You know, had a nice little run there, 12, 13, 14. Uh, at least being in the playoffs, you know, playing wild card games and, you know, kind of giving us an opportunity for something to cheer about. Of course, the last time we played in the wild card game, John Lester kicked our ass and it was 8 nothing, uh, which was probably one of the most pathetic games that I've ever been to. But, hey, I was there, you know, got to see another playoff game for the first time since 91. Uh, speaking of 91, that was the last time the Redskins did anything meaningful when the Super Bowl over the Bills that year. That was my senior year in high school, and I'm 45 now, so thanks guys for 28 years of doing absolutely jack nothing. Uh, they started 3-0 and so far, or I'm sorry, they started 0-3, wishful thinking, man. My gosh, I'm an eternal optimist when it comes to the Redskins. They started 0-3 this year. Uh, and they're playing the Giants this week, which you would think, okay, you know, we got a shot there. But Daniel Jones, their rookie quarterback, came in and led them from behind last week to beat Tampa Bay on the road. So apparently they're going to play pretty well also. We got the Patriots after that. So I'm going to go ahead and chalk us up as 0-5. Uh, if they want to prove me wrong, I'd certainly be happy about that, but uh, definitely not expecting it. Um. As I've told you guys, I really want to make an effort to be a little bit more positive as far as what we're doing with the show, what I'm doing with the show. And to that end, I am going to introduce a new segment, and it's going to be called the Treehouse of Liberty Hall of Heroes. And you're going to hear the first one of those today. It was actually suggested by a friend of mine, Mr. Otis Souther. And Otis is somebody that has a pretty good read on me. Um, he kind of knows where I am mentally. Um... You know, and can kind of give me those gentle nudges in the right direction when I start to get off track a little bit, you know. Um, I haven't had the privilege of meeting him in person, but we've talked a lot on Facebook and in messages and stuff like that. And so I feel like he's got a pretty good grasp of who I am and how I would like to operate, even if I'm not always operating in that way. Uh, so that was his idea. This may not be a weekly feature, uh, but it is something that I want to do fairly regularly. Because, like I said, I, I think it's... I think it's harmful for me to just add to the poor political discourse that's out there right now. There are things that need to be said, and, and I'm never going to stop doing that. Um, I'm an opinionated guy. I'm a political junkie. Yeah, I truly do love this stuff. And so there are going to be times that I have to criticize. And, you know, in the, the current climate, it's probably going to be more often than not. But I am definitely looking forward to uh, having a more positive segment as a part of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. Um, it's great to be back, um, again, for those of you that listened before and are giving me another chance, I certainly do appreciate that. And for those of you that haven't listened before, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, again, I appreciate, I appreciate everybody that takes the time, uh, to listen to the Treehouse of Liberty. And I like hearing back from you guys too. There's a couple of ways that you can contact me. You can contact me on Twitter, Treehouse of Liberty podcast. Uh, it's at Treehouse1776. That is at Treehouse1776. You can contact me on Facebook, uh, Treehouse of Liberty Podcast, there as well. Or you can contact me on my personal page, 
which is Jason Fornwalt. And Fornwalt is F as in Frank, O-R-N as in Nancy, W-A-L-T as in Tom. Be happy to hear from you guys. I, I love your comments, your suggestions. If you have questions, if you would like to give me some listener commentary, you know, anything that you would like to do, really, I, I would like to make this interactive and make you guys a part of the show, too. Uh, so, again, thank you very much. Sit back, relax, and hopefully enjoy the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. So after spending about 10 minutes telling you guys how much I don't want to be negative, let's jump right into something negative. <laughs> how about this impeachment inquiry? Are you flipping kidding me at this point? You know, absolutely everything that the Democrats have attempted to do has been a complete and utter failure from before the president was even elected, you know, targeting Democrat districts for recounts, hoping to dig up some extra votes there, disenfranchising all the Republican voters who weren't being counted and those heavily Republican districts, they attempted to not certify the Electoral College result. That was the first time in our history that's ever been attempted. Then once the president was in office, of course, we got into the Russia diaries. Um, you know, allegedly Donald Trump had colluded with Vladimir Putin, and it was obvious, and everybody had the evidence. And it was a slam dunk, open and shut case. He was going to be removed for the high crime and misdemeanor of selling out to Russia, blah, 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 blah. Come to find out, Robert Mueller, who had hired 17 lawyers sympathetic to the Democrat cause, found absolutely nothing. And, of course, those of us in the know were in no way shocked, in no way surprised. Uh, we had what we were saying absolutely unequivocally confirmed by Mueller, who said that not a single American colluded with Russia to influence our election. Not one. Not President Trump, not any member of his campaign staff, not any other Republican, not Scooby-Doo, not Mickey Mouse, not Space Ghost. Nobody colluded with the Russians to influence our election. Well, of course, he doesn't know who Fusion GPS is, so you know, that's not exactly true. But at least nobody on our side colluded with Russia to interfere uh, in our election. Once the Russia situation didn't pan out, in comes Stormy Daniels. Well, guess what? Stormy Daniels not only lost her case against the president, she also has to pay his court fees, which I think is awesome, you know, when an adult film star has to pay the court fees of a billionaire. That's freaking hysterical. I love this stuff just continuing to blow up in their face. And then, of course, you know, they're Democrats, so they have to try the racist angle. And, you know, shithole countries means that, you know, he's only talking about countries that are predominantly black. And he's only talking about their skin color. He's not talking about their political situations, their economic situations. You know, basically mischaracterizing everything the guy says. He did the same thing with Baltimore, um, you know, when, when the president criticized that. Um, Sean Hannity actually played a clip of the former mayor of Baltimore walking through one of the slums and talking about how you could smell the rats and how they should just tear things down. Um, you know, and I mean, it's, it's just another disgrace that when Donald Trump says something, you know, it's, it's racist, it's criminal, it's collusion, it's this, it's that, when none of that stuff exists. But a Democrat can turn around and say the exact same thing and, oh, you know, you're so sympathetic to the cause. Get the heck out of here. And so now we're dealing with this impeachment inquiry over Ukraine. Um, 
It turns out that this alleged whistleblower was actually a CIA agent who apparently was spying on the president from inside the White House. If you've heard this before, um, yeah, it was James Comey and his buddies that spied on the president in the White House the first time. Of course, that's not a high crime or misdemeanor, right? Spying against the man that you're supposed to be working for. Um, but apparently this agent didn't even have firsthand information about this phone call. He said he heard from other people. Now, I'm not a CIA agent. I did spend a little bit of time as a city police officer in a small town. But even I know that secondhand information is called hearsay. Hearsay is not admissible evidence in any proceeding in this country. None. But yet, based on hearsay, the Democrats are going to open an impeachment investigation. Are you kidding me? So enter Adam Schiff, Democrat, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. He opens his statement in this first hearing saying he was parodying what the transcript of the calls between Trump and Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, actually said, um, but saying that he was parodying this transcript, and he makes it sound like a mob boss. Um, you know, that's, that's a nice little country you got over there. Uh, you know, be a shame if something happened to it. None of that is in the transcript. He totally fabricated a story that's not even close to what the transcript says. I've read this transcript. You've had the opportunity to read the transcript. You can see clearly there is no withholding of defense funds. There is no quid pro quo. quo. Let's try that again. Quid pro quo. Um, you know, requiring Ukraine to do anything in exchange for anything from us. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a crime. It's an absolute crime to under oath in a House committee meeting to testify to something that flat out is false. You know, to me, perjury before a congressional committee, that is an impeachable offense. Adam Schiff has no business being where he is. He is absolutely clueless. He doesn't know that hearsay is not admissible. He doesn't know that it's not okay for him to lie about everything that happened. He doesn't know that it's not okay to have this constant witch hunt and to post on Twitter every day that Trump colluded with Russia when Mueller said unequivocally that he and any member of his campaign absolutely did not. I mean, this guy's an absolute clown. And I've tried to contact him every way I possibly can. Twitter, email, I called his office. You know, I've given him every opportunity. I've been as respectful as I possibly can under the circumstances. And, of course, he's afraid to talk to a conservative that actually understands what the hell is going on. I don't expect that I'm ever going to hear from him. And that's okay. You know, because there's only one reason that people hide. It's because they know they're wrong. Now, I will tell you where there was a quid pro quo that happened in reference to Ukraine, and that was with Joe Biden. The Ukrainians were actually investigating his son Hunter's business deals. When Joe visiting there, saying that he was taking $1.2 billion in aid, said that the Ukrainians had to fire the prosecutor that was investigating Hunter, or they weren't getting the $1.2 billion. This is all on tape. This is all on record. And he's proud of himself. He laughs about it. And he says, you know, I'm leaving in six hours. If you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the money. 
And he says, and I quote, that son of a bitch, he got fired. He's proud of it. He committed the crime that they allege Trump does or has done. Trump's gotten nowhere close to that. Joe Biden unequivocally has been proven that he did. And which one are Democrats investigating? Yeah, they're investigating Trump. Just like when Hillary Clinton worked with a foreign intelligence agent, Christopher Steele, to get Russian disinformation from two intelligence agents over there to influence our election. But Mueller doesn't know who Fusion GPS, the compilers of that dossier, even are. Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, is it, is it just absolute ridiculousness? You know, are these people actually this stupid? Or is it a concerted effort to violate our laws and damage our president? I think that question's pretty self-explanatory. And it's sad, and it's frustrating. And I hope that the truth will ultimately come out in the Ukraine situation, as it has in all these other situations. Democrats will be proven wrong again. If they're not, if they are right... If President Trump is abusing his power, then sign me up on their side. But if they can't prove it, it's time to knock it off and let the guy do his job. So I want to introduce a new segment to the Treehouse of Liberty podcast this week. And it was actually a suggestion from a good friend of mine, Mr. Otis Souther. Um, and Otis suggested that I... I guess to have something more positive on the show that I institute almost like a, a Paul Harvey type of segment. I don't know if uh, most of you guys have heard Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story, but it's some of the coolest stuff that I listened to growing up. Um, there's no doubt that I'll never be able to touch what he did. I mean, the guy was just a genius, and he invented that whole uh, that whole type of segment, and you know, I always found it absolutely riveting. Um, but Otis is a person that knows me well, um, even though we've never really met in person. Um, you know, we've become good friends on Facebook and we'll message each other and, and things like that. And he's got a good read on me. Um, and so when he suggested this, I thought it was a really good idea. Um, I'm going to call this segment the Treehouse of Liberty Hall of Heroes. And we're going to induct the first member of the Hall of Heroes today. Um, this person, his earliest memory was at age three of taking a 50-mile horseback ride with his father's slave into the Virginia wilderness to move to another plantation that his father was to manage. Um, his father was acting as the executor of a friend's estate. Um, this particular gentleman would spend the next six years roaming the woods and reading on his own. He was always inquisitive, um, always wanting to learn, whether it was being out in nature and learning that way, uh, or reading on his own. Um, he began his formal education at the age of nine. He attended a boarding school and later enrolled at the College of William and Mary. Now you're probably getting an idea of who this is. Um, he was a very well-read lawyer, and when he was admitted to the Virginia Bar in April of 1767, he was widely considered to be the most well-read lawyer in the country. If you don't know who it is yet, you're about to. <laughs> he married Martha Wales Skelton on January 1st of 1772 in a one-room brick house at his plantation, which obviously 
much later would become much more than a one-room brick house. Um, obviously one of the, the most important and historic and absolutely beautiful estates in the country still. He served in the Virginia House of Burgesses from 1769 to 1774, and there he helped to form the Virginia Committee of Correspondence, uh, which actually corresponded with King George in reference to the concerns of the colonies at that time. And he became a vocal leader in the fight for colonial independence. So it just makes sense that when the Second Continental Congress convened, he was named to a five-member committee to draft a declaration the piece of paper that created the United States of America, of course, the Declaration of Independence. He would go on to serve as Governor of Virginia, Ambassador to France, Secretary of State, and would ultimately be elected the third President of the United States. He is, of course, Thomas Jefferson, for whom this podcast is named. His quote, The tree of liberty must from time to time be refreshed with the blood of patriots and tyrants may be my favorite of all time. And as I said, you know, it's where the name of uh, the Treehouse of Liberty podcast came from. I have so much respect for Jefferson and reverence for uh, the things that he said and did. For his service to our nation and all of mankind, Thomas Jefferson is hereby named the inaugural member of the Treehouse of Liberty Hall of Heroes. And again, I want to say thank you to Otis for this wonderful idea. I'm sure I'll still be delving into a good bit of political commentary, and a lot of that stuff tends to be negative these days. But I think it will be refreshing to have a, um, a positive addition to the show and something that I can do reg- regularly to um, you know, not get so bogged down in the um, frustrations of day-to-day politics. So thanks, Otis, once again. I certainly appreciate your help. Um, also want to give a quick shout out to the UVA Miller Center. Um, they had a very concise piece, uh, a quick overview of Jefferson's life, and I referred to it a good bit um, as I was putting the information together for this segment. And so lots of respect for their work in dancing a man's life who was one of the most complex ever to, uh, to live in this country and be a part of this country down into, you know, a couple of short paragraphs. And I really appreciated uh being able to reference that as I put this together. So there you have it, guys. First member of the Hall of Heroes, TJ. And so that's going to do it for another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty. Once again, thank you so much for joining me. If you would like your listener commentary to be a part of the podcast, there's a couple of different ways you can reach me. You can email me at jdfornwalt at gmail.com, jd F is in Frank, O-R-N is in Nancy, W-A-L-T is in Tom, at gmail.com. You can also send me a message on Facebook. It's Jason Fornwalt. Again, it's F-O-R-N is in Nancy, W-A-L-T is in Tom. And if you do message me or send me an email, please put listener commentary, listener commentary in the subject line or as the first part of the message that you send. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day, evening, night. If there's another time of day you can have, I hope you have a great one of those too. Whatever time it is that you're listening to this, thank you so much. This has been the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fornwalt. Take care.